Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the only podcast that focuses on mental health while mixing in movies, music, books, sports, and pop culture. Here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at Voices for Change 2.0. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for being with us on this wonderful First weekend in July 2019. Which is weird. I can't believe June's gone already. Yeah, yeah. The year is half over. It's uh, it's flown by. All of so. the people that are that we know, we and we know a lot of them that are obsessive about Halloween, mm-hmm. are doing a happy dance now because it's just getting closer and closer. Yeah. Every day I'm seeing these memes <laughs> on their pages, like you know, it's you it's know, counting. thirty-five days until Halloween or whatever. <laughs> No, it's more than more than well, that. But I know. Yeah. Being yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, kind of funny. I'm just I'm not gonna lie. I'm looking forward to fall just in general because I love the autumn season, the autumn weather. You get that little crisp in the air, and uh, it just it's a little more comfortable. Yeah, and you can Michigan, breathe. You never know what you're gonna get. No, but right now we're getting hell outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's rough, man. Somebody it, cranked it up. Yeah, what I saw, I saw a meme the other day, and it was like, you know, dear God, whatever it is you're baking, it's done. <laughs> so, you know, so that kind of cracked me up seeing that. Um, but yeah, it's been insanely humid in, uh, in in Michigan, and you know, I, I work outside a lot, so it's been it's been rough. I've been drinking copious amounts of water and just trying to make do. So we have a couple of things to quickly talk about before we get to our guest. Uh, the first is that uh, I have, I, I'm not sure who mentioned this last weekend, but I have actually been uh, nominated for four WeGo Health award, Awards um, through WeGo Health. It's just like it sounds, W-E-G-O Health. And um, they do a step where it's called endorsements. And when the endorsements are done, they count them all up, and whoever's got the most gets to be a finalist for said category. Yep. Last year I was a finalist, but I didn't make it all the way. So this year I'm really trying, really fighting to, to get the votes. And I'm sorry if, if you uh, are being bothered by, <laughs> by how much I'm posting, but it's really important to me this year. So. Yep. So, you know, if you can support please do. I know Beck would definitely appreciate it. Um, I know I would appreciate it. And when you go on, um, since I'm up for four, that with per email address, they'll let you endorse all four of the categories that I'm up for. Yep. And that just adds up like crazy. So. Yeah. So, and, and once we have the finalists, then we'll let you guys know and uh, let you know when, when then, voting is yeah, open. Yeah, then the next step is voting. So, don't be don't be thinking you're off the hook with just the endorsement. <laughs> That's right. 
So that's exciting. It's coming up. Um, another thing that is exciting that's coming up is this Tuesday, we are going to have a hashtag keep talking MH push day, mm-hmm. which basically means that we're going to try really, 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 really hard to get our hashtag uh, keep talking MH trending on Twitter. You know, we've been really, really close for a long time. And we'd really like to, to get you guys help in, in that. And, uh, and it has to be original tweets. You mm-hmm. can't just come on and retweet a bunch of stuff because it doesn't count. You have to actually write your own tweet and put hashtag keep talking MH on it. Yep. So um, if you could help out with that, that would be absolutely amazing. We'd be really grateful. Yes. So now let's get our stuff out of the way. Yeah, we, we've got our, our housekeeping done. Yep. <laughs> let's get to our lovely guest. Yes. Um, she is actually a, a blogger. Mm-hmm. And an advocate, obviously, most of our most of our guests that are bloggers and for men, in the mental health field are, are advocates. But yeah, um, I like to announce it anyway because I think it sounds really official. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm an advocate. Yes, I, I like it. I uh, I would not begrudge you. Okay, well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she has our, our guest has a a WordPress blog called The Calculating Mind. Uh, that started in uh, two, December of 2015. So we're going to find out more about that from her today. And anything else she'd, she'd like to talk about, uh, we've got a little bit of a list, and um, I guess we'll we, just go from there. We have questions, and we're going to uh, grill Ask her. Ask them? I was going to say grill her, <laughs> but, you know. I was gonna try. I was gonna try and get a, a Fourth of July joke in there somewhere, and I, I can't brain today. I have the dumb. Okay. So. So anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Please welcome to the show, Miss Anya Burchuk. Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? do with the name. Hi. Uh, good. <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. That's very cool. Yeah, and I, I, I love your name. I think it's beautiful. Um. Anya is just, it's... It's very pretty. Yes. So. Thank you. Yeah. So tell your folks they did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Now, where are you calling us from? So I'm calling you from Alabama. I just moved down here a couple of weeks ago. That's exciting. Moving Mm -hmm. sucks, but that's exciting. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're you're (laughs) picking up and... Going to a whole new place, and you know, did, are you uh, did you move down there with like family or friends, or you just you there by yourself Not and for work? <laughs> yeah, for um, work. Yeah, what uh, what what prompted the move? So uh, my boyfriend started residency, and so um, we did a big move in order for him to be able to work here, <laughs> where he matched. Oh wow! Oh, wow. That's, but that's got to be exciting, though, you know. So, so the the significant other is in the medical field, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> he's he's doing internal medicine. Um, oh, cool. And yes, so it's it's really exciting to start that um, big step and in, in a new place and get explored, and it's all really fun so far, at least for me. Uh, I don't know about that. It's probably really stressful on him, but for me, it's fun. Well, that's cool. Yeah. 
cool. It's yeah, exciting. Yeah, it's always it's always uh it can be culture shock sometimes when you're when you're moving into a new town and, and whatnot. Um, I know it was for me when when Beck and I first got hitched and we moved and it was all new. Oh well, so oh so many moons it, ago. It was still in the same state though, so Yeah, well that's true. <laughs> you know. So all right, well, let's get going on our questions here. Yep. Um, Anya, do you have any questions for us before we get going? Um, no, not this time. Okay. Okay. Uh, if if anything pops up that you want to know, just uh, say know. say yo. <laughs> I gotta ask. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So the first question that we like to ask our guests it's it's become kind of a, a thing for us is. Where does your mental health journey begin? So I would say that it officially started in 2014 when I had my first mood episode, and that that was the that was basically halfway through college. That was after my second year of college during the summer, and um, I had done fairly well in college and um, there was no clear trigger or anything but all of a sudden I seemed to be experiencing a major crash into a severe depressive episode which was fairly new to me because it was unlike anything I've experienced before so I wasn't familiar with mental illness before I had an episode like that myself So I've heard about it, obviously, and I've even taken a psych course or two, but it's definitely different when you experience it yourself. And uh, so that was my first time um, seeing a doctor, a psychiatrist, being prescribed medications, being diagnosed, Um, but I didn't get into writing or drawing or doing any of that until I became hypomanic, um, borderline manic, which was um, in 2015. Wow, okay. So it was kind of a kind of a big arc for you between the depression and then the uh, the mania. That's that's rough. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like that you had support from family or friends during that time? Um, I, so I definitely have a really good supportive system. So I was lucky in that regard. Um, but I think even with that support, it can be really confusing because I think there's a lack of resources for um, this kind of situation. So if you have a loved one and you're really concerned what are the steps? What do you do? Who do you see? How do you find a good um, doctor or provider or a therapist? What are the next steps? And I think all of that can be really confusing and kind of stressful, and especially because uh, mental illness isn't something that a lot of people talk about. So I think that it can be a really scary time if you don't know what's going on. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, I know early on when, when Beck and I got together, you know, if if she had started from scratch with everything that she had been through, 
versus having a history before we met, um, I'd have been lost. I, I would have, because I was lost. I, when, you know, she, the first few times that she crashed, you know, I, I didn't know, you know, I'd flip out and didn't know what to do and, and, you know, be worried about her and, and, you know, you get kind of, it's, it's akin to something physical happening to someone you love and you're like in a rush and like, you know, do I take you to the hospital? Do I do this? What do I do? You don't know, you know, and it's not something that they, that they teach you growing up is how to handle that. You know, you, you growing up and you see somebody break their arm and you go, okay, well, they, yeah, they got to go to the hospital. They got to get a cast or whatever. And when someone has a breakdown like that, you're just kind of like, well, what do I do? You know, and that's scary. It, it can be really scary, you know. And you know, now we're both good with whenever she has a dip. Um, you know, we just we know we ride it out and everything. But yeah, that's definitely you know something that that needs to be addressed in the world is how do you handle it? Where do you go? What do you do? Mm-hmm. You know. And I think we're getting we're getting better at it. You know, um. The, even just like shows like ours, where people when, where people are telling their story and they're explaining what they did or whatever the path was that they took, I always like to say that every time you walk the path, it it, it goes in a different direction. Mm-hmm. You know, because you never know exactly what it's going to boil down to for you and what kind of symptoms it's going to bring out. But people are getting better at coming forward and talking about it. Uh, especially, you know, on social media, there's been a lot of um, support in the mental health community, a lot. There's some great people, especially on Twitter. And, um, you know, that's where I met you and, uh, you know, knew right away that I would like to have you on the show. Um, so that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, I, I definitely agree that the mental health community online, I think, can be incredibly helpful in showing people that they're not alone in um, dealing with symptoms or with their illnesses or with um, needing therapy or medications. And I think that's a really great aspect of Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. You know, it, it's you know, it's always nice to know that you can go on there and if you're struggling, you can say, hey, you know, I'm struggling, I'm going through this or that, and, People you know, will just sort of flock to you and be like, yeah. hey, you know, you can do this, and send in your pictures with your cat and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, which that, that's, nice. That's, that's us, we're people. Yeah. Yeah. So, but <laughs> the one thing that I always, every time we have this discussion, I get kind of, um, What's the word I'm trepidatious? For? No, uh, over. I guess overprotective would be a way of putting it. For for those people who are in a really desperate situation, and they go on Twitter and they say something, it could just be, you know, because they didn't use a hashtag or, you know, everybody just missed the the post going through their feed, and didn't see that this person was struggling, and they have now reached out and nobody reached out back so now they're stuck feeling like nobody cares 
yeah. because they didn't get the response that they were looking for from from people on social media. So I always like to say, don't rely on social media. There's you know the, there's crisis text line, there's um, the suicide prevention line, all that stuff is is out there for you. And there's even um, a group on uh, Twitter, the mental health or MH crisis angels, MH crisis angels. I don't know why I always have such a hard time saying that, um, but they will help you out through DM. So um, there are ways to to help yourself before it gets too deep of a situation. Yeah. So Anya, do you still see a doctor or therapist today? Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm in the process of finding a new one because I did just move to another state. Um, but I have been, so I don't like that process because it's always trying to find someone who's accepting your insurance and new patients and um, trying to make sure that they can see me. I don't have to be on a wait list for a couple of weeks. But um, I, I have been seeing someone um, for medication because uh, I realize at this point that that is required for me personally in order to maintain uh, mental wellness. Oh, absolutely. I would agree, I would agree with you 100% there. I, I, you know, pe- there's always people that are saying, you know, the medications don't work or this, that, and another thing, but I wouldn't be alive without the medications. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know that I have to take them for the rest of my life, and I'm completely fine with that, you know, as long as they're not hurting me in any way, which so far they haven't. Um, I'm sticking with it. Right. And I think initially I was really resistant to that idea. Uh, I don't know if it was because of the stigma or uh, if it was because thinking along the lines of, oh, well, other people need that, but I don't need that. Maybe I just need to do something different or maybe I just need to, like, snap out of this. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't taking my illness that seriously at first, um, but it definitely was something that, in my case, needed professional treatment. Um, so I'm glad that I sought that out. What? So they diagnosed you with bipolar disorder? Yes, bipolar type one. Okay. Did they give you any any other categories? <laughs> like um, generalized so anxiety or anything like that. Uh, do you mean comorbid diagnoses? Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially I was diagnosed with depression, and um, then later when I became manic and I had to be in the hospital, then I was diagnosed with bipolar 1, and that would have been um, during that manic time. So that was more obvious that it was bipolar and not mm-hmm. uh, just depression. And um, I think of myself as having anxiety, and especially it worsens when I'm in a mood episode, such as if I'm depressed or if I'm manic, but I haven't been officially diagnosed as having an anxiety disorder. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, that I get the exact same way, so I definitely feel for you. Mm-hmm. So what what made you decide to come out and start blogging and, and start telling your story? Um, so I 
started a blog, I think, kind of as um, a manic project of mine. <laughs> so it was, um, I, I kind of think of it as having um, some some big goal and grandiosity and thinking, oh, I can change the way that people view mental health and I can fight the stigma and uh, I can make the world a greater place, that kind of grandiose, manic mindset. And Mm -hmm. I'm not in that mind state anymore, which is a good thing, but I still do have my blog because I think that it is a good way to um, share my story to share what bipolar disorder actually is versus what people think it is and just to kind of make people feel that they are less alone. Right. That's good. Yeah. That's I, real good. After you put all that work into it, I would hate to, to see you, you know, come out and decide that you didn't want to have it anymore. That would be very sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, during during my manic state, for example, I think I did over 100 blog posts within a couple of days. It was really wow. like hypergraphia kind of state. A um, lot of like just thoughts all over the place, me thinking that they're all connected, but they're really not. And so I ended up trashing a whole lot of that initial um, content because it wasn't actually quality content. <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully now it's better than it was when I initially started. Yeah. I would like well, to think so. Yeah, I'm sure it is. You know, it, it, you, you find your voice over time too. You know, that's the other thing is, because I, I know from when back work, you know, started working on hers, it was, uh, it, you know, just this idea of I'm feeling this way and I need to purge how I'm feeling. And it was, it was a therapy for her, you know, just, because we honestly we couldn't find a quality therapist in the area for her to talk to, so um, it was her way of getting the thoughts out and just you know helping her to deal a little bit better with everything she had been through with her hospitalization and stuff. So you know as it goes on, you start to find more of a voice versus just purging you know, and, and your style develops. And that's just, I'm trying to think of how I want to say it. <laughs> I, uh, I think we're both having brain farts today. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> I, I, I can't brain today. I have the dumb. <laughs> so, but basically, yeah. So you, you know, as you go on, you find that you feel certain ways about certain topics and you, find a comfort in discussing them and a way to discuss them in a, in a, in a outlook on them. And after a while, people start to notice it and, it, and that makes it easier for you to, yeah. in my opinion anyway, it makes it easier for you to come on and write again because you've had a positive experience, you know, prior to that. Has it, has it always been a positive experience for you? Um, the writing itself? Yeah, the blogging. Yeah. Like, have you ever um, had to worry, worry about comments or anything like that? So, and I think sometimes I, I've written articles as well, for example, um, on The Mighty, and I think sometimes I've let comments from other people get to me too much, and so I've had to learn to 
ignore that because I can't let the opinions of strangers dictate how I feel about myself. Right. And that's that's a hard thing to learn. But, um, mm-hmm. like, for example, someone commented, oh, you know nothing about bipolar disorder. It's like, oh, but actually I do because I live with it and I've studied it extensively and written about it. And so I feel pretty well-educated on it myself. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it's it's um, always great when they're like, "Yeah, you don't know about this." It's like, "What? <laughs> no, I do. Go away." So no, I have to I was, learn to to not argue with strangers because it's just a waste of time and it's not going to go anywhere. So, um, but the like <laughs> <laughs> the writing itself, I think, um, I found it helpful. That's good, and and it's good that you've you've kind of done the same thing we've had to learn to do too which is you know not engage in these people that detract and some of them like to detract for the sake of detracting you know a um, couple of couple of different things that I like is you know you don't have to show up to every fight you're invited to right, right. and the other one and the other one and this is a this is a huge favorite of mine is you know what do lions care about the opinions of sheep? Yeah, that's been getting a lot of uh, airtime, that, that particular slogan. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, famous people have been using that. Yeah. Well, it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, when when all is said and done and what all, you know, when it all matters, I mean, you, you're writing your truth and you know what's in your heart and what's coming out. And the people that your writing is going to resonate with, they'll let you know. And if it doesn't, or if someone is being a troll or just being a jerk for the sake of being a jerk, that's on them. You know, that's their hang up and it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. Right. So right on. This, this is um, a mildly controversial topic, but um, I wanted to ask you quickly if you thought that uh, there would be a point in your life where you would be recovered from from bipolar disorder, or are you convinced, as as I am, that it's a, a lifelong thing? Because there's people that have come out and said that they cured themselves or they were cured, and I and they they get very angry at people who say they won't be cured. And I just wondered kind of what your opinion was on that, as far as you know whether your blog helps you with recovery, and you know if if you if you have a a particular opinion on that. Sure. Um, I think that recovery is kind of an odd term. I would say that I'm better than I have been previously. I'm not severely depressed, and I'm not in some kind of full-blown manic state. So I am stable, but. Um, maybe recovery can be seen as an ongoing process. And I will say, I guess, that I'm not cured. There is no cure. So Mm -hmm. um, if I were to discontinue my treatment, then I'm sure that I would then uh, become either manic or depressed or go into some kind of mixed state. So um, it's not something that just goes away, and it is something that someone has to keep in mind, that it is lifelong. And so I don't think there is a cure, 
but I think that someone can reach a point um, at which they can manage their bipolar disorder successfully. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, honey? Hmm. Oh, nothing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we apologize. Sometimes <laughs> we write each other's write each other notes and and just to say, hey, you know, remember this or um, such and such. And sometimes when we're writing notes, we're not really writing them for the other person to read, so <laughs> it gets confusing. <laughs> we're just like as a reminder for ourselves, and then we're reading the other person's paper. Yeah. You know, you're you're like, what did the otter do? <laughs> so. All right, oh, wow. so we are uh, about yeah. halfway in now. Yeah, this is a good spot for us to take a break. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do, and we're going to be listening to the song Living in the Moment by Casey Lansdale. Everybody stay tuned, and we'll see you on the other side. Easy to get off track, easy to lose your way. In a world that makes you believe There's no time to wait That you gotta have it all Better have it all Better not slow down Looking ahead got me looking In circles Life with a plan at first Seems hopeful
Welcome back to Voices for Change 2.0. Thanks for tuning in this wonderful July day in the year of our Lord, 2019. Uh, I'm Joe. She's Rebecca. And that lovely lady over there is uh, Miss Anya Burchuk. Hi. 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 <laughs> I wonder if anybody that doesn't know us and just happens to decide to listen to the show thinks that that person is actually in a studio with us when you say that. What, aren't they? No. They're not here with us? No, sweetheart, they're not. Theater of the mind, babe. <laughs> Theater of the mind. No, I just wonder. I would love to have somebody message me and say, oh, I always thought you guys were all together. So yeah. putting that out there, if you <laughs> <laughs> if you me. If you thought we were pulling the, lay, the wool over your eyes. <laughs> Drop you, me a line. Yeah. Um, you might have noticed it's a little bit more quiet, too. Uh, we shut off the air conditioner because... Uh, it it's was a, loud. It was loud. So <laughs> it was a new air conditioner and wasn't anticipating the uh, sheer volume <laughs> of the unit. But it, it works better than the old one. So thank God for that. Yeah, really. <laughs> so. so, Anya, what, what advice do you have for someone that's uh, been recently diagnosed and not really sure what to do first? Um. So that's that's kind of um, a difficult question because everyone has different experiences. They may have um, different severity of the illness. Uh, They may have a strong support group or they may have family and friends who don't believe bipolar disorder is an actual illness. So there are a lot of different situations, but I think it is important to seek care immediately to get that care established, whether that is a combination of medications and therapy or whatever it is, to find something that works and um, to get very well-educated because uh, if you're well-educated, then you can learn to identify your symptoms early and you can stop an episode before it escalates and reaches um, really severe level or um, kind of maybe even a crisis level. So it's really important to be able to identify your symptoms and your triggers and really know what the illness is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And obviously keep taking your medication. Don't stop taking it if, if it makes you feel funny or whatever. Just call the doctor immediately, but don't just stop taking it because you have no idea what the ramifications of that will be yeah cold turkey is you know r- really a, a bad way to go on this, Believe me, this I know type of stuff experience. yeah that can be that can be really really rough and you know it's if you feel after you've been taking your medication for a certain amount of time that it's just not doing what you need it to don't be afraid to say something to your doctor either <clears throat> you know we've we've had to do that you know, with, with Beck's medication. You know, Let's just I, say I'm 46 now, and I was diagnosed at 19. So you can imagine how many doctors and how many medications I've gone through in that period of time. It's been it's an extensive list. There's not much out there that I haven't been on or whatever. So. Yep. Yes. Right. So I. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> um, I've actually unfortunately gone through that myself where I um, have been prescribed a medication and then thought, oh, I feel great. I don't need it anymore. And then stopped Mm -hmm. it without discussing it with my doctor. And 
I would not recommend that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, definitely do not do that. If you feel um, some kind of side effects like extreme fatigue or itchy skin or um, I had one medication that like really affected my vision. And so I had to stop it, but you have to do it safely um, under the guidance of your doctor. So um, that is a very important point because um, it can put you in a very dangerous situation if you just stop cold turkey. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that can be dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you know, really, really quick before I get to that next question, babe. Um, and that babe was directed towards Rebecca, not Anya. Uh, just want to qualify that. Um, you know, when we were on our break, Anya, you had you had brought up the uh, topic that you know there there is a negative component at times to the writing. I uh, just wanted to give you a chance to elaborate on it really quick. Now that we're uh, back on the show. Sure. Um, so during my manic episode, I had a lot of times where I was obsessively writing and blogging. And so um, if I spent all that time on my blog, I would stay up all night. And then um, not sleeping can make the mania more severe. And so it kind of feeds into that behavior and into that episode. And that really isn't a way to um, improve the situation. So it's good to keep in mind that um, some of the behaviors that typically are great or beneficial um, in the wrong state can be harmful as well. Yeah, you really have to find a, a balance with it and know when you're, you know, when you're you're coping well and when you're like, okay, I need to take a step back. You know, mm-hmm. it, it takes it takes a bit of insight for sure. Yeah, you've got to be very self-aware. And I always applaud people who come to that point in their uh, in their journey that where they've become self-aware enough to know just to even get a little tingle that says, I think I'm getting depressed now. Or I think I'm getting manic. Or, or manic, you know, just to, just to know is... Uh, is really really important. I think it's it's amazing when when you can say that. Um, sometimes it doesn't work out I, as far as. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, I think an issue with mania in itself is that um, self awareness kind of doesn't exist for some people. As in, they think they're absolutely fine, and everyone around them can see how out of control the situation is becoming. But denial can be a key feature of mania. So it's kind of um, fascinating to me in that aspect that um, everyone else can see, oh, wow, this is really, really bad. But um, the person who may be experiencing a euphoric kind of manic state may think that everything is fine or even fantastic. You know, I have to tell tell you that you're exactly right on that because I've been through it personally with Joe. And, you know, I'll get to... stage where you know I'm laughing hysterically at everything and I'm being really loud and I'm running around trying to do all these different things and I can't sleep at night and everything and he will just look at me and go you know I think you're getting manic mm-hmm. you know and I'm like I am oh well that's weird 
You're like, I feel great. <laughs> Let me wash all these walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, if you, yeah. If you feel super energetic and productive and happy, then you may not see that as a problem until it's right. too late. And yeah, because then you don't have to don't because then you don't know how to shut it off either. Right. Right. Which is another issue entirely, mm-hmm. you know, and it's. I kind of liken it to all right. Here, here's my big nerd coming out. Um, a- anybody who's ever watched any of the Star Trek movies, uh, the one called Generations, where it has a little bit of the old original cast and a little bit of the Next Generation cast. There's a point where Data, the android, gets this emotion chip installed, and the thing kind of melts down inside him, and he kind of flips out and he's like, I don't know how to control this and stuff. And it's, it's really kind of enlightening watching that. It's a really good performance on the part of the actor, but um, you know, just seeing that, you know, he's going through all these different emotional states and he can't control them, you know, and it's just, it's, it kind of makes you think, you know, you're kind of like, well, I wonder if I'm going through something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, the end. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I think it it can it's I kind of view it almost like a dial. Like for depression, everything might be turned down. Um, like energy and everything, your ability to feel. Um, but then with mania, everything's turned all the way up to an extreme. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, you just feel everything more intensely. Um, right. But then that, that can also be incredibly painful Um, for example when I was in the hospital and I was surrounded with patients who for example were um, suicidal I kind of felt like an emotional sponge and that was really stressful for me because I kind of felt their pain yeah Yeah. that's um, you you might want to talk to somebody about whether or not they think you're an empath because that's a lot how that is pretty much how that works. And I am personally an empath. So sometimes I have to step aside and step back from other people's issues because I take them all inside of me and I will cry or be upset for, for days, not even really realizing that it's due to something somebody told me. It's just all of a sudden everything's terrible and life sucks and, and I'm just crying my eyes out. So um, it sounds like you might have a touch of that same empathy behavior. Maybe. I think it was uh, more during that manic state. It's not every day for me, but oh, just okay. everything seems all the way to the extreme when I'm in that state. Okay. Hmm. Okie dokie. So what <laughs> helps you the what helps you the most on days that you're struggling? Um, I like to do different things. So sometimes I write, sometimes I do some drawing or, um, I really like those, like those adult coloring books that were really trendy a few years Mm -hmm. ago or whatever. I really (laughs) like those, um, or listening to music or dancing. So I like doing artsy, creative kind of things. Yeah, we've got a few of those coloring books. We've got a lot of coloring books, actually. People were giving them to me as gifts, and um, sometimes you 
lose your momentum and concentration when you, you know, kind of slide into the, the depression of, you know, bipolar disorder, the depression part of it. So you don't get to do the things you love quite as often, but you still love them and you're still glad they're there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we kind of do the artsy fartsy around here too with the, between the, the coloring books and, and music, especially, and you know, and writing, um, you know, I'm, I'm playing in a band again, which is exciting for me. And it's, it's an outlet that I didn't have for a good seven or eight years. And not until I started doing it again, did I realize how much of an impact it had on my life and how much I missed it. So, you know, it's when you're able to go out and do that type of thing that, you know, gives you a little spark of joy, you know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> So, I have a question for you, Anya. Um, has bipolar disorder had a negative impact on any of your relationships? Um, do you mean like romantic relationships or friendships or family? Or yes. Which... Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, just anybody uh, that you interact with. Anybody you want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that it it definitely changed some relationships. Um, I think when I was experiencing my first uh, really severe manic episode and uh, my friends were really concerned about me, uh, I was doing things like impulsively traveling hours away and kind of disappearing um, and... Doing, doing a lot of things that uh, concerned them. And uh, it, it made sense because I was kind of all over the place. Um, but then when they tried to tell me about their concerns, then I dismissed them. And um, I was really angry about it, and I felt attacked. And I was trying to say, oh, I'm just feeling better. I was really depressed, and now I'm feeling better. Um I'm not, like, nothing's wrong with this. How can you think anything's wrong with this? I'm happy. I'm super happy. And um, so I feel like that put a lot of strain on friendships just because it is incredibly stressful to have someone who's experiencing um, a bipolar episode and who doesn't really have a, I guess, doesn't comprehend how it's impacting them and others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to separate yourself from and see it from the outside, for sure. Um, and there's a lack of education mm-hmm. on on the, anything related to mental illness, mental health. There's just, you know, we're just starting to get to a point where people are starting to to understand it a little better because, you know, they're willing to talk about it. Yeah, everybody's talking about it, and there's a lot of you know, famous people that are coming out and talking about it. And it's it's sad to have to say it that, you know, say you went on to a show like this and you explained um, your situation and for some reason people didn't understand. But The Rock comes on <laughs> 2020 and says that he was depressed for a while 
everybody gets it and wants to talk about it and oh thank you rock and and everything which don't i i love the rock i i love him <laughs> i am not saying anything negative about him but the uh the the impact that celebrities are having on it having on mental illness for me is both bad and good so yeah i don't know how anybody else feels about that it's 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 hard that you know you you've you have to have that type of situation to really bring it to, to the forefront. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, same thing with, um, when a celebrity dies by suicide, right. You know, that has to be that extreme of a situation for a focus to be drawn on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've seen that a lot the last few years and it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's a hard, Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, Anya? Um, I I think it's good when celebrities do bring awareness, but then they also, I think, have to be aware of their power and their influence. And mm-hmm. um, sometimes I think that it can be really negative. I think initially when Kanye West came out, he was describing bipolar disorder as a superpower. And Mm -hmm. I think, well, on the one hand, that can be empowering. I think on the other hand, um, that can make people not want to seek treatment because that would be taking away their quote unquote superpower. Um, But then in a more recent interview, I think that he has become more educated on his illness and um, I think that he's toned that down and um, realized that, at least for some people, medications is a necessity. So mm-hmm. um, there are pros and cons of that kind of ce- celebrity highlight on mental illness. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, do you have any suggestions for someone looking to contribute to the current mental health movement to end the stigma? Um, I think that it depends on uh, your your position in the community. If you are on a college campus, then they are typically mental health groups, uh, such as NAMI, or my college had a group called Rethink Psychiatric Illness, that educated people in the community um, through presentations. And um, so you can involve yourself in groups like that, or um, if you're in other kinds of groups, if you're in churches or um, any kind of group, um, if you have the opportunity to share your story, whether it's in person or on the internet or anything, I think that if you're comfortable, then you can take advantage of that opportunity and uh, use it to help others and to fight the stigma. Yeah, definitely. That's good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it always, it, it can be a beneficial thing, scary, but beneficial when you take that step and try and involve yourself in, in a group or community or, or some type of situation, you know, volunteering or, or what have you. Um, it kind of brings you outside yourself a little bit. And that can that can sometimes be a good thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that it can definitely be scary, you know. It's always scary to, to take that first step when you're going to do something, but 
and at least in my experience, I found that once you get over that initial step and you're doing whatever it is you're setting out to do, it gets easier. And, you know, like with the writing, you know, you find your voice and you, you kind of get your groove with whatever it is you're doing, you know, volunteer work or counseling or, or just participating in, you know, a group like setting. A yeah. Um, can't remember which company, which um, charity is it? This is the walk now. The Out of the Darkness walk? Yeah. 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 Which one is that? Uh, I thought I it was just Out of the Darkness. No, I think Is it AFSB? Is it that one? or? No, I don't think so. Or it NAMI? Could be. No. It, it, could, it could be NAMI. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I have a little, my brain is a little foggy this morning. I, you, I don't know you why. Can't, you can't brain. You have the dumb. No, we both have the dumb today. So <laughs> <laughs> it, we apologize profusely for our for our, our dumb for our rambling and stumbling. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> we're usually pretty good about it, but uh, yeah, had a rough night. I blame the I blame the heat. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I blame <laughs> the, for for you know not definitely for being in a fog. So. so what is next for you? Um, I would like to continue my blog and hopefully um, expand. I've done some vlogging as well and uh, introduced myself to new ways to spread the message, such as this podcast. So thanks for having me. That's our pleasure having you. And um, I also like to experiment with different things, such as on my Instagram account. Recently, I've been doing some drawings and sharing some bipolar facts on that. So I'm just trying to explore different ways to share um, information about this illness. Hmm. I will have to look for you on Instagram. I'm not sure that I'm following you yet. Yeah, we're we're noobs. When it comes to You're a noob. I'm, I'm not a noob. Well, no, when it comes to Instagram, as far as... No, I'm still fine. I'm pretty good with Instagram, too, honey. Oh, well, you know, I'm as far as using... It. All right. <laughs> I'm wrong. I taught I'm him... Sorry. I taught him everything he knows about social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really did. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she did. Like, yeah. It's all right, honey. You, at least you know now. Yeah. So speaking of social media, why don't you, Anya, give out your information for anyone who's looking to try and get in touch with you about your blog or a podcast or whatever the case may be. Um, sure. So on Twitter, I am um, at Calculating Minds. And um, on Instagram, you can also find me um through the calculating mind or through searching my name. Um, and my WordPress blog is the calculating mind as well. So I try to be pretty consistent so that it's mm-hmm. easier to find me on different platforms. Right. Okay. And just so everybody knows that that's listening that may not have seen your name in print, but wants to look it up. It's a N J A B U R. And then Matt, B U R C A K, right? C A K. Yep. Okay. All right. So everybody should have that info now and yeah. be able to reach out to you. So. That's right. So do it. 
Now is your opportunity. Yeah. Start flooding her her, her mailbox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, we're coming to the the end of our hour here. That went by pretty fast, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, it really did. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a good conversation. Anytime we have a good conversation with a guest, it goes by a lot quicker than we anticipate. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was no different. No. 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 So uh, we're hoping <laughs> that you had you had a good time too, and. Um, stay on the line. We'll be back with you in just a minute. But um, next week, uh, everybody, just uh, remember to tune in. We are having our third annual Keep Talking Mental Health podcast. And it's fa- it, we'll have four uh, advocates on the panel, plus Joe and myself. And we're all going to be talking. Uh, they're all men. So we're going to be talking a lot about men's health and um, what men go through with depression and how it's different how the climate is different for men versus women, mm-hmm. all those different things. So don't forget to tune in next week. It's a two hour long show. Yeah. So we're, we're excited. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we can't wait. Uh, we're looking forward to it. And, uh, and Rudy will be, be back and it should be insightful. This, this is what number six or number seven. I'm not even sure anymore. I lost, <laughs> I lost count, but Rudy's getting a yellow jacket. Yeah. We got to go out and get it. <laughs> we're going to have to get his size. <laughs> All right, so we're signing off for now. Everybody have a good rest of your weekend. And listen here, we've got... uh, (laughs) Listen here? Yeah. (laughs) I I, I was trying to say two sentences at the same time. So listen here. (laughs) Listen here. We've got got, us here a song. song. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Kenneth Mogan, Unblock Your Heart. Unlock Your Heart. Would you leave me alone? (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, everybody.
Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello, world, and welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. My name is Kyle Thomas, and I am a pop culture astrologer. We have a wild and exciting week ahead with some cosmic craziness, destiny striking, and a retrograde about to hit. We will be talking about the hottest, hottest Hollywood news, as well as diving into the stars of our fabulous, our ferocious, and our fierce celebrity guests. Hey guys, Sam Davidson here, celebrity journalist, red carpet reporter, aficionado of all things pop culture. I'm so excited to talk with you guys about what we have going on during this crazy week, and of course to introduce you to our special celebrity guest, Sam Zimmerman. How are you doing? I didn't know who you were talking about. Yes, no, we were talking about Aries the Cat actually sitting right here. No, just kidding, Stan. (laughs) We're so excited to have you. Um, Me, personally, selfishly, Uh because you have written and produced and all of that, been involved in some of my favorite shows of all time, right? So you have worked on The Golden Girls, Roseanne, and Gilmore Girls, my personal favorite so, but you have had such a prolific, amazing career. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started and what your real big break was? Uh, I started very, very young. When I was about seven and a half, I would create plays in my basement and corral all the neighbor kids to come down and be a part of it. And I would, you know, kind of write them and direct them and be the mastermind. And then uh, my second grade teacher allowed me to present the plays in school, and um, then she called my mother. And I thought she was calling to say I did something bad, but she actually was suggesting that I go to theater school. And so I started at uh, seven and a half Cranbrook Theater School in Michigan. And that kind of propelled me into finding my voice and uh, really helped me, especially through those difficult years of being bullied in from seventh to ninth grade. And I found my tribe. And I also started rewriting the plays that I was in because I thought they were too corny. <laughs> and you know, too many kings and queens and princesses and frogs, and um, so that made me think I could actually create content. But at that point, we didn't call it content. And um, I created my own TV network in my bedroom because that's what kids do, right? And oh yeah, I was a I was an interesting uh, child like you, obsessed with entertainment as well. I had a film strip on my wall when my parents got divorced, actually. They were like, what do you want? We'll paint anything. We'll hire someone to paint it. And I was like, I want Lucille Ball staring at me when I sleep. Oh, my God, that's scary. Yeah. Not so, even Desi wanted that. Oh, uh, yeah. I had a dog named Desi. So, um, yeah, I was, you know, I understand being a child, very mature, kind of, and fascinated with all things entertainment. Obsessed. Obsessed with it. Yeah. I was, you guys, I was the same, too. I, yeah. <laughs> what did you have on your walls? Uh, well, for a while, Britney Spears. But, okay. you know, but I, mean, I was, like, I was, like, really obsessed. But then I, I remember being in, like, eighth grade, like, doing the dances and teaching my straight friends to do it with me, and they were like, God, Kyle, really? And I was like, do it! I'm in Aries Rising, of course we're going to do it! Uh, and we did it, so whatever. Terrifying, Kyle. I know. That I'm, is but, terrifying. But I'm nice. I just seduce people with my smile. I understand uh, that. Oh, very true. Is that how you're here? He seduced you? Yes. That's, he, he seduced I seduced him, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's true. She was in a big <laughs> floaty up on the pool okay. with, like, you know, a big, was it what was it wine or was it, like, vodka or something at that point? I, I, God knows. I don't something know. Something clear. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> and then we, 
just collect, get like connected and we've been yeah. friends ever since. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so what would you say was really your big break in the industry? Um, I moved, I went to NYU to study acting and I thought that was going to be my path, but I was too nervous to go to auditions. My face would just shake like mm. all over, which is so funny because now I'm actually teaching sitcom audition classes in LA and other cities. So I understand the fear that goes into it. So I think that helps students. And also it's from the point of view of the writer-producer. Mm-hmm. And most teachers are agents or managers or former actors. And I'm the only one literally in the world teaching it from this point of view. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, so it's really cool to do it. And it also helps me uh, hone my directing skills and writing as well. And we usually only use material that I've written. Which there's a vast... Uh, collection of scripts that have never been done, so they're hidden gems, as I like to think of them. Um, so after NYU and being poor in New York, when living in a fifth floor walk-up with the size of this table, <laughs> I just had my eyes set on L.A. because I was obsessed with TV. And uh, I had met my writing partner, Jim Berg, at NYU, and we were writing scripts in between classes and after-school jobs, and we got noticed by some people out in L.A., so we decided to come out and meet them, and they said, back then, you had to be in L.A. to write for television, because there was not a lot of TV being done in New York, especially half hours. So I packed up my little bag and came out here and um, worked at the Distant Movie Theater, originally, mm-hmm. and we got our very, we kept rewriting and writing spec scripts, and then one just clicked. And that's why I tell people, just keep writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because so many people have, you know, that are reading scripts have piles to read, but you just need that one that has the right story with the right characters that make you sing. And people liked the script we wrote, and suddenly we were offered uh, like three jobs on shows, and I handed in my keys because I was assistant manager at the Vista. And You're a bi bitch. Like. Yeah, <laughs> damn right. And I never looked back. And then just, uh, so it was a short lived ABC series. People can look it up online. Um, but um, we just propelled that and worked super hard and got a pilot within two months of that, which was pretty um, That's wild. unusual. Yeah, yeah, usually you have to be on the show for a while to get a pilot. Totally. We got a pilot of CBS. It didn't end up happening, but um, we just kept pushing and pushing. And obviously the big, big job was the second year we got a job on uh, Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And that changed everything. Iconic. Yeah. yeah. So but we didn't know it at the time. It was literally the first season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we did one episode on it, um, I don't even think they started airing it yet. So we just were able to watch the pilot. And mimic that, and then we would go to a couple of the tapings and kind of see where they were going with the stories. And <clears throat> this was very, very early on in the whole process. And then they liked the script, and they brought us right on staff, and we were there. So that yeah. was pretty crazy. And it was just an interesting time because all my contemporaries just, you know, were starting out, and to suddenly being thrown into such a huge show mm-hmm. and having a real job. That was, you know, for early 20s, it was very unusual. And, you know, we could, I could buy a car and I could, totally. you know, 
get a rent an apartment on my own and things like that. So that was really cool. Awesome. Well, it, it, I, the thing that I think is just so cool is that, like, literally, I was hanging out with a friend yesterday with a Golden Girls shirt on. She's a straight woman. Oh. Like, you know, and it's like, it's so iconic. Still. Oh, Still. so I mean, iconic. Like, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, my friends reference it, like, every day, you know? Like, so I think that that's just so incredible to be with a legend like you that's been working on that and, you know, creating in that world. So yes. thank you for being here. Oh, thank excited. you for inviting me. Yeah. Um, it's so funny when I'm, because I'm, joined a lot of the Facebook groups that have little yeah. girls, and they'll put little memes or lines of mine, and I'll say, oh, thank you for doing that. And they're like, wait, is that you? No. You re- and they just don't have any idea yeah. that people that are involved, not many do follow those groups, but mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm so honored that I was a little part of it, and I love yeah. that as each generation comes along, people keep they're finding They're rediscovering it. it. Yeah. You know, and I... I think that's because it has this timeless appeal to it, you know? So I just, I love it. All right, guys. Well, we have so much more to learn about. No, we're only talking about Golden Girls. No, we're going to talk about what makes you you and all Uh, that good stuff throughout the show. But before we get there, we have our weekly forecast from Kyle. Absolutely. So we have a jam-packed week. First off, today, July 2nd, is a solar eclipse. This means that major destined events will be taking place this week, so keep your eyes peeled for how things may be shifting, beginning, or pushing you to new horizons. Solar eclipses are new moons, but more powerful, so they're great for starting new projects, building plans, or growing with people you love. This eclipse is in the watery and emotional sign of cancer, which means we'll all be feeling more in touch with our inner field. Your intuition is also going to be through the roof this week, so listen to what your heart is saying. Mars also is having a lot of activity this week. This hot and fiery planet of drive and sex is moving into the royal zodiac sign of Leo this week. So get ready to be feeling your adventurous and playful side heating up. It's summer, so use this energy to get creative, throw a party, or show everybody how popular you really are. You know, let this sexy energy burn. This is sizzling heat, so keep, it, keep that and captivate that and use that for everything that you do. Romance and passion are also favored during this time, so go big or go home. It's so, about time, yeah. Jesus Christ. Right, right. So that's the first two big things I wanted to highlight. Are you saying, though, that you know people are going to be getting a little bit brandy this July 4th week? Oh, hell yeah. Hot. Sizzling absolutely. in the pool, maybe absolutely. meeting some new people at pool parties. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely going to be happening because with this, you know, Mars is, is dynamic and it's bold and it's, 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 it's flamboyant, it's ferocious, it's fiery. It wants to experience life and to create life. And so people are going to be feeling more daring when they're interacting, you know, especially when there's an opportunity for a connection or love. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I... You know, and with the eclipse happening too, major new beginnings. Major people are going to be coming into our ch- into our lives. It could actually, you know, and, and it came into your guys' lives. Exactly. Yeah, just like boom, bam, bam. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. But but you know, it, these faded connections are actually going to be leading our lives in really positive and new directions that we may not necessarily get, uh, expect right away. Like it's that kind of like kindred spirit, faded destined opportunity, and with Mars being there, where we're feeling more excited to, to embrace that. So. Cool. So that's really good. However, I do have I don't have like the to however part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, know what's coming dun, up. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. However, the dreaded Mercury retrograde, we all love to hate, 
begins on July 7th. Right in the smack, like, beginning, right. middle of our summer. <laughs> I know. So annoying. But, but don't, like, don't, don't worry about it. You don't have to, like, run for cover because this can actually be a good thing. And I know we touched a little bit about this last week. In, in this, uh, you know, in this period, we can actually, you know, dive more into projects and people and things from the past. And so I know that, you know, we all want to be running forward and making things happen all the time in our lives. But we have to revisit things because sometimes we don't either have all of the information that is necessary or we, we need to kind of fine-tune things to actually bring them back to life. This can be, you know, in all sorts of different ways, in relationships, you know, in friendships, in some sort of communication. I have old projects that, you know, I may, you know, be digging up and, and reconnecting with other people. You know, you may as well. All sorts of things. And, like, like, even with, like, business stuff, you may be working with, like, people from your past, past contacts, past press contacts. Yeah, well, I'm going to Comic-Con in the middle of the month. So yeah. that probably will fall around there. Totally, totally. You know, so, yeah, so with, with Mercury Retrograde going, you know, there are some things we do want to avoid... So, you know, with we're, we will be seeing the slowdown happen, but try not to buy electronics, you know. Don't make final agreements if you don't have to. Don't start new projects. You know, return to these things. <laughs> Dan just kind of, like, shrugged his shoulders. There's so many things about this. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I'm excited to talk about some of those things because I know what's going to happen for you and how these are. Um... Yeah, so, but, so here's the thing. If you are starting new things, that's not the end of the world. It just means that it's going to shift at a later time in possibly a direction that you may not have expected. So, like, let's say you have a pilot that you're, like, about to make happen or you're starting a production company or something. Well, your initial plan for it is going to adjust, and you have to be flexible about, flexible about that. And, you know, we made that joke about you being a Libra and being flexible, and you... Apparently, you have no problem with that, you said. So, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, like, really making sure that you're going to allow the universe to kind of redirect you when the time comes. However, you know, if, if you're looking to reignite something with an ex, reignite a project, like I said, this is a faded time. So reach back out to that because that connection, that conversation can start back up. I actually did a, a very comprehensive an easy-to-read guide that is called The Only Mercury Guide You Will Ever... or Mercury Retrograde Guide You Will Ever Need, and it is on my blog on my website, so if you'd like to check it out, it is www.kylethomasastrology.com. Why does retrograde get such a bad name? Like, why? Well, because people don't like to slow down, I think, and people don't like to necessarily... Like, I mean, there certainly are things that, that happen, you know? There are the tangible, like... Computers breaking down, cars breaking down, you know, people missing emails. Like that that happens, you know. But there's but each retrograde also has a blessing within it too. So it's like with Venus retrograde, it's it allows you to actually return to different romantic, you know, or creative relationships that were in in the past but need to come back to life. You know, and as much as, you know, like Sam and I like joke about like, oh my God, like X is coming back, like you never, like, your ex could actually be your true love. You know, I'm serious, you know? And it's possible because people need to grow and evolve and change. And I'm not saying that specifically for me. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that in general of life. <laughs> Don't give me that look. <laughs> <laughs> you but, know who he's talking about. Yes, there is an ex oh. that will not be spoken of ever again. Baltimore. So how red no, you don't, no, it's so funny because, all right, so I had an ex I dated for four years uh, when I was in Chicago, and I always give... 
a nickname to all of my exes after, like, you know, something that's just, like, whatever, and we all can kind of, like, because I don't want to hear their name, you know, I'm just, just, I get anxious like that, <laughs> so we give them a different name, and uh, the guy from Chicago, we called him Voldemort, and it was, like, perfect, but then she takes Voldemort and uses it for this other guy, he's not Voldemort, he is not evil, he's just a man-child, and that's the one we use for him. Okay. Anyways, we're moving on. All right, so that's the forecast. Next. Well, thank you guys. I hope you all enjoyed our weekly forecast. Stay tuned because we are getting into my personal favorite segment, our pop culture story. And we'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back to Astro Kiki Radio. We are going to be diving into the top three pop culture stories of the week and then going into our celeb WTF. So the first story is Vanderpump Rules stars Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright got married this week. Full disclosure, I don't watch Vanderpump Rules, but this is a huge story in pop culture. And so I did a deep dive kind of into what was going on with these people on the show. I watched some recap videos. Um, essentially, what's going on is Jax and Brittany met in 2015 in Vegas, whirlwind weekend probably filled with alcohol, sex, and drugs. And he convinced her, she lived in Kentucky, that she needed to move to Los Angeles to be with him. And so she did. And he was on the Vanderpump Rules TV show and was one of the leads in it, and he already had a pretty bad reputation of being a playboy, but Brittany moves there, she's very sweet, they have an extremely tumultuous relationship that was documented on the show, and, uh, you know, there was a cheating scandal, he got her new boobs, and she didn't really want them, and then he was like, made him get, made her get bigger ones, because he thought the boobs were more for him than they were for her. I don't know. It seems like an extremely toxic relationship. Something that to bring home to your mother. Right? Seriously, God yeah. Dick. But uh, he's rich, so that probably uh, was a big part of it. But How you know, does he have money? He is. Um, he's affiliated with Lisa Vanderpump in some way. I can't remember if it's just through the show or if they're actually related. Um, but he's just kind of always been a staple in. Hollywood lifestyle reality TV shows for the past few years. If you, if you didn't know their background and just looked at their wedding photos this weekend, um, you would think that they are the most pure, adorable couple. They had this beautiful wedding did in Kentucky. Did she wear Kentucky. white? She wore white. Yeah, she did. Um, she wore about three different gowns. Oh. Yeah, that's the Costume new thing. changes. Yeah, that's the new thing now. Costume <laughs> changes at weddings. Okay. What celebrities do. Um, do, guys, do gay guys do that? I mean, I don't they just go shirtless. And yeah, they just slowly. Hey, future husband, when you hear this, are we gonna do that? Yeah. <laughs> Bring that up there. But so I, I, I asked Kyle um, what he thought of this pairing. Is it doomed? Is it meant to be? Like, what's going on between Jack and Brittany? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this this is a very interesting pair. Jack Taylor is a Cancer, whereas Brittany Cartwright is an Aquarius. We don't have the rising signs, but we do know that the eclipses are playing a major role right now. Anyone with Cancer or Capricorn, Sun or Rising, are having major learning curves in relation to their partnerships. For instance, as I've mentioned before, this can bring you closer and you unite and take the next step, 
or you will shatter to find someone better. This is happening to all sorts of cancers and Capricorns everywhere. As a very clear example of this is one of my best friends in the entire world, John. I love him. He's so great. He literally got engaged this past weekend out of nowhere, and I'm so happy for him, but he's a Capricorn, and that eclipse is bringing him closer with his now fiancé rather than taking them apart. Wow. Yeah, so I'm, you know, cheers to you, John. I love you. Congrats, guys. Um, back in uh, spring 2015, looking into their charts, Jupiter, the planet of miracles, was actually in Brittany's house of partnership and marriage, which is why they had such a faded connection right away. It just really pulled them, them together. However, since 2017, Saturn, the planet of hardship or maturity, has been directly opposed to Jack, causing him to have difficulty in his partnerships and feeling as if the person that he's close to is colder. So this can make someone feel alone and could have spurned some of the cheating that was happening. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm seeing that. Ultimately, the main thing at play, though, like I said, are the eclipses, and Jack's committed partnerships will become even more blessed and happy from December 3rd, 2019, to December 18th, 2020. So cheers to them. So could that mean like pregnancy? Or just happiness? Yeah, I mean, I just think that, bigger you know, boobs. they're building... Yeah, new boobs. Yeah. Maybe she's going to get her even bigger yeah. ones. <laughs> Third time's a charm, right? Oh yeah, my God. exactly. Well, I mean, they're going to be building, you know, closeness in their relationship. So whatever's going to allow them to build a more healthy, fulfilling connection, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's planning trips. Maybe it's you know, buying specific, you know, houses, you know, whatever it be. Like, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, well, I just... But it's just whatever, whatever uniting them. I'm interested to hear what you think, Stan, about just this reality TV phenomenon. I did a Bravo show on. Did you? I did. What yeah. was it? It was called Situation Comedy, and it was produced by Sean Hayes and Will and Grace. Yeah. And it was, if you know the Project Greenlight show, it was, mm-hmm. it was trying to find the next great sitcom. Oh. And I was working on Gilmore Girls at the time, and Sean's agent called, and I thought he was going to pitch an actor for the show, but he was pitching me to go meet on it. And had I even thought that it was an audition, I probably would have been scared out of my mind, but I went in and met Andy Cohen before he was Andy Cohen, and got the job. And it was really fun, but I, I'm a, I was obsessed with reality shows. I'd seen, like, every real-world episode. So to be on one was just a dream come true. Wow. But then you really get to see how unreal it is. And I found moments like I'd be driving home and realize that they had manipulated a conflict. They had fed me some information that I might not have known so that I would go in and yell or get mad or something. Uh, yeah. So then you just start to look at reality shows much differently. But... Um, you know, I, I don't hate them or think that they're a bad thing for mm-hmm. people. Um, if it's something you enjoy to do, do it. I think there's mm-hmm. a path to it to other careers that we have seen. Oh, for you sure. Know, in the beginning, there was a lot of stigma around it. Like, you couldn't be on a reality show and be a real actor. Well, it, it, you know, the rules are all thrown up now, I feel. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if it's something you enjoy, go for it. Yeah, it just always fascinates me, though, when, you know, it moves from TV to real life, to people getting married and actually having babies and then having their dirty laundry. Like, I watched the clip of this girl, Brittany, while they were taping her, when she finds out her boyfriend cheated on her. And, you know, and he, like, busts into the room. And then you think to yourself, well, did production must have tipped him off to, like, where she was, so he's looking for her. Production's telling her them, like, where she is. So it's always, I'm just like, wow, this is 
it is kind of real. Like they actually got mm-hmm. married, and well, look who's in the White House. Yeah, reality. I know. Person, not even. A smart now person. everybody yeah. thinks they can be president, but that's another um, that's mm-hmm. another podcast. <laughs> well, it's actually really funny too because everything that I, I have a lot of friends and celebrities that have been um, on those same sort of shows shows too, and it's like we'll just like go to lunch and they'll like talk about everything that's like that's filming or that's been going on or that happened, and they're like they, they didn't even paint me as a real person. Like it really did not authentically do justice to them, and I'm like, oh, it's just so weird. Yeah. Well, like there I mean, are. You're giving away all of your power of your, your identity for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? but as a creator, we need characters for a show. And totally. And remember, they, it's a TV show. And yeah. And like scripted, you have to have the villain and the ingenue and all. So they're going to yeah. cast you as that type and they're going to fulfill that type. So that's just yeah. part of the bargain when you sign you know, your life away. But then there are great advantages to it. and Totally. You know, you can use it to market anything you want to do or if you want to, you know, propel it hopefully to another career or you just want to stay in reality. So, you know, you, you get to create what you want to be. Yeah. So I'd love to do another one, actually. That'd be cool. Yes. Another millionaire matchmaker or... <laughs> something yeah. like what that. What was it? Uh, finding Mr. Oh, the Finding Mr. Right or Yeah, like I wanted to be on that. They didn't want me on that <laughs> as a contestant. Well, we wish them nothing but the best and cannot wait to see what happens um, on and off screen, because I'm sure we will. Our next story is about a Pretty Little Liars star, Shane Mitchell. She just announced that she was pregnant, and this comes, this is her rainbow baby. So she announced a few her months ago, they call it a rainbow baby when you have a miscarriage. Oh, I thought and it was then, like if you slept with a gay guy. No, yeah, that'd be funny. That's oh not God. sad. <laughs> Um, uh, they'd, be, they'd be lucky. Wah, wah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but so she. The gay guy would be. I would be so pissed. Yeah. Like a baby. Well, like, but like accidentally. No, but no. why would you accidentally have a baby, Kyle? I mean, I have dated women in the past, but like I've also had never mind. Probably nice. Gross, gross, gross. Okay, so Shay announced that she was pregnant with her um, long time partner is, you know, they're not married, engaged, whatever, um, Matt Babel, his name is, and I've always been a big fan of Pretty Little Liars. Do you know Brendan Robinson? Brendan, uh, yes, I believe he Yes, do. I've done many plays with him. Yeah. Show, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of his plays, yeah, yeah. Um, and Pretty Little Liars actually shot the same place Fillmore Girls. Yes, yeah, Luke Steiner, the yeah. whole Stars Hollow area. Stars Hollow, yeah. same set. Uh, so she and Oliver Goldstick was a writer producer yeah. on it. I mm-hmm. went to high school with him. No way. That was a few little, pretty little liars. Yeah, the connection. first connection. Yeah. I love it. I yeah, I was obsessed with that show. And um, so yeah, she's pregnant. She's about six months along now, and they have the seem. This couple seems to have a really honest, um, good relationship from what we can tell. They've kept it very under wraps. No one really knows much about him, who he is. Just that he's Canadian former athlete, TV host, but she's never even been very open about being in a relationship. You'll sometimes see pictures, but she's having a baby now, and I think it's really beautiful and very happy for her. They obviously waited a long time to reveal the news because she, I think, has three months to go because they wanted to make sure, you know, everything was okay. But, yeah, I just wanted to get into what this couple was like together and what's coming up for them. Totally. So yet, uh, this is yet another example of important partnership astrologically. Shay Mitchell is an Aries, whereas Matt Babel, is that how you say it? I, I mean Babel, yeah. Babel. 
is a Libra. This is a lovely connection, and that's why I'm always talking about the yin and the yang when it comes to relationships. There's a form of completion when two signs are across the zodiac wheel, and that's exactly how Aries and Libra energy works. And that's we always talk about that. You know, like we are, you know, hey Los Angeles, Sam is a Libra. If you are an Aries straight man, yeah. jump on this shit. <laughs> so just putting that out there. Uh, yeah. The interesting here, you know, just overall though, is that. Mercury, the planet of news and communication, is actually right now in Shay's house of children. So it entered there last week, and it's gliding along, and that's bringing the news publicly. Well, okay, so what's interesting that I didn't write down here is that she's big on YouTube. Also, she has millions of subscribers, whatever. She announced the pregnancy with a YouTube video, and I think starting <laughs> a separate YouTube channel about... Of a child? Her, yeah, basically. And that's Mercury-related. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Totally, totally. So, you know, when Mercury travels to each part of these li- uh, uh, for each part of our lives, our minds are stimulated and focused on that, year, that area and communicating that. That's literally exactly what you're saying right there, so I love that. Uh, Shay and, uh, also, for both Shay and Matt, the eclipses are not only going to be affecting their careers, you know, in different times, but simultaneously their home, their home and family life. So this signifies a shift, a change, a growth, anything in that family area, which is now going to be happening with the child. Amazing. Well, and would you not date someone because of their sign? I mean, because you know so much about that, would that no. alter your pattern? No. no, I mean, I I do talk about this a lot. I do think every sign can work with every sign. It just is going to take communication and and effort and focus. And yes, there are certain signs that are just like very very easy <coughs> to deal with. But you know, for instance, like uh, like like man child. He's a Capricorn. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> technically, we'd be extremely like aligned. So, like, ideally, I'd want to find a Capricorn, or you know, like for instance, I actually was like hot minute like seeing this Scorpio, and I was like, oh my god, this is like great. We're like, you know, things are like really vibing. And he's a fucking crazy ass dude, and I was like, no, I'm not gonna be abused. Literally, <laughs> no. Like, yeah. no. So, like, technically, astrologically, we would be working. But, like, you know what? If I'm going to be choked, I just want it to be during certain times. I don't... Wow. <laughs> like, oh, jeez. <laughs> that kind of show is <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But, but, yeah, so it's like, you know, there's just different kinds of things that, you know, align, you know, with these rising signs and then, you know, your sun signs. But then I also look at, like, the Venus and then... The, the, the Mars, because we can look at that, you know, their sex drive compatibility, and there's all sorts of interesting things there. So, yeah. Does I that would, answer your question? I well, would, be, I would imagine people would be intimidated because they might think you know certain things. Yeah. Have that. Well, That's yesterday true. I kind That's of let true. one fly. I was in the hot tub at our pool. And <laughs> I bet you say that a lot. Yes. Yeah. I was in the hot tub. Um, <laughs> Which is like, it's true. I basically live in our you hot tub. So I, I don't get out. Um, <laughs> So I was up there and I was just talking with someone about not dating people in this apartment building and how bad it is. But then it's like if I see a cute guy and I'm like, oh, and there was a couple in the building that have two kids now that actually met in the building. And I'm like, look, it can work for them. Yeah. So I met some guy in the hot tub and I asked him his sign because I'm turning into Kyle. Oh, God. And he done, said, done, done. He, he said Scorpio and I go, oh. That's bad? <laughs> I was like... Scorpio is the sign of the guy that was completely crazy to oh. Kyle, and it's just, it's an intense, it's a very intense sign, and yeah. he doesn't, he seems very calm, cool, and collected, and I was just like, I don't know, Scorpio, man. 
I don't think so. Well, the, like the right kind of Scorpio, I would be all about that and could possibly work with you if they were not a total piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I just cannot. There should be a sign just for that. Right. right. <laughs> well, like I said, like, you know, like, just be, like every sign has, like, positive attributes and negative attributes. You know, I have things that I am always trying to work to be better at and to be conscious of so that I don't, you know, bring, you know, negativity to anyone or inflict it upon myself, which is actually something that has happened more often than, than my negativity towards other people. And, you know, by, by being aware of our patterns and, and evolution, we can become more fulfilled and healthier and happier and a more actualized human being. So. Good. Well, our next story is a kind of a silly one because YouTube stars, are they really stars? But they have more money and followers than a lot of huge celebrities. So there's some YouTube star drama I wanted to dive into because I find it interesting and I wanted to see what's going on with these people. So Tana Mojo is this big Instagram YouTube star. She has about 4.5 million followers on YouTube, same with Instagram, and she does a lot of makeup videos, um, and she became recently, though, most famous for dating Bella Thorne while Bella was in a relationship with a man, Maud's son, so it was kind it was open on Bella's side, so it's like the Tana and Maud's son couldn't date anyone else while dating Bella, but Bella could date both of them. So they She knows how to do it, doesn't she? She really yeah, she's, a, she's yeah. a Libra, isn't she? Yeah. Bella's she's a well balanced. Tana's a cancer. No, Bella. Bella's a Libra. Crazy. Bella's a Libra, yeah. Yeah. She oh, probably okay. has some Scorpio in there somewhere. I don't know. No, you Libra got some freaking you. I guess so. I I, I don't know. Do I? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who knows? Um, okay, so then Bella and Tana she broke up with her two boyfriend, girlfriend, and Tana moved on with someone else. Very recently, they're very serious. Another really sexy YouTube star, and uh, he cheated on her. Apparently, she blasted him on social media, like big time, posting pictures. This is the face you make when your boyfriend cheats on you. Blah blah blah. And so she's that. That was just like a few <laughs> weeks ago. And this is Tana's twenty-first oh birthday. Was this past week? Literally, she has a billboard on Sunset Boulevard saying "Happy Twenty-First, Tana." It is like right by the McDonald's. It's Who right pays there. For that? I don't know. She's so rich. This girl has a huge mansion. How? Through, through YouTube. No. She gets, she gets that. Yeah. I don't believe that. People make mm, these kids make millions of dollars off YouTube. It's insane. Um, by making these really silly videos. I mean, if you there's Google their net worth, else going on. Google their net worth. I don't know. Okay. It's pretty high. So <laughs> she has basically been celebrating her 21st birthday. By the way, she looks like she could be 35. Um, and she's been celebrating it big time. There's another big YouTube star named Jake Paul, who uh, has a brother, Logan Paul. They're, they were Disney turned YouTube stars. There's a lot of nasty things that's been in the media about them, um, you know, racism, homophobia, like ugh, little icky. things like that. Yeah, yeah. just little things yeah. like that. Icky people. Um, no one even knew Jake and Tana were dating, but at her huge 21st birthday bash in Vegas, he proposed with a huge ring that. Why is Vegas always involved in this? I know. It's people make bad Sin decisions. City got the name for a reason. Exactly. People make bad decisions in Vegas. So I will not get engaged in Vegas. Hell no. no. He proposes to her yeah. on stage with a big birthday cake that says, like, will you marry me? And she's, oh, my God, yes. And, like, no one even knew they were together. 
the ring people think could possibly be fake. Um, and everyone thought this maybe was just a big YouTube prank that they were doing. Like, are they pranking people with their relationships? They're going that far for publicity. She even said something on Instagram saying, I'm so engaged and I'm getting more engagement, like, with her followers, like, sharing followers kind of thing. So it's just, like, it's, it's just such a weird world today. Oh, with, my God, um, crazy bitches. Yeah, social media influencers, oh, wow. like, they are pretty much out of control. So <laughs> I just thought this story is freaking crazy because they're obviously not going to last. They might just be like, gotcha, who who knows? But, Kyle, what what are their compatibilities? <laughs> Hannah is a cancer, and, and that's, you know, going back again to what I was talking about with the eclipses happening in her partnership sector. It's hitting her directly this way, opening up new marriage and partnership potentials. So even though that some are speculating that, you know, there's some, like, fallacy to this, that's not working, that's still a partnership. Yeah. That's still, you know, they're, they're going in it together. They're in it, that's why business partnerships are ruled by the same marriage sector, too. So whether or not they're truly in love doesn't really matter. They've aligned themselves strategically together. I mean, that's, like, how power couples happen. That's the, this is an example of that, and that's why like I am looking for like my husband to be in a power couple with me too. Like we are gonna be like that. Like yeah. So anyways, Jake is a Capricorn, and again this hits him the same way because Cancers and Capricorns are on that spectrum of the eclipses. You know they don't have to necessarily marry each other because of those signs, but when these eclipses are happening, you find someone in in your life that is going to match that. So they're combining. However, Bella is a Libra. And that definitely is just throwing, you know, some sort of, like, wrench into there. Altogether, Hannah and Jake are actually more astrologically compatible. They synergize well, so much better because of the union of water and earth. And this energy typically aligns, you know, just for the long haul. So, you know, like I said, whether they're in in cahoots for, like, true love doesn't matter if they're doing it. They should. To gain the followers and the publicity or whatever. It's so crazy. Um, I guess multiple toast to the happy couple. <laughs> and uh, yeah, can't wait to see uh, what kind of train wreck is going to happen. I'm just excited to watch, but I wish you the best. All right, so our celeb WTF of the week is actually a couple that I love very much, but I've never understood their connection because they're so private. It's Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes, and they have two children. I don't they they might be married but nobody really knows they're extremely private um they met in 2011 when filming the movie the place beyond the pines and they played a couple on that and then they were spotted that year at disneyland on their first date and ever since then they've just literally been together but there's very few pictures out there of them um she has had two babies with him when he won his Golden Globe for La La Land. He gave the most beautiful speech, you know, thanking her for being such an amazing partner, raising their children. It was She was pregnant and they had one, helping her brother through cancer. And he was just saying, you know, thank you for giving me this time to uh, do this movie and find myself this way. And he couldn't have done it without her. And they're very sweet. And so recently they've, you know, been talking about each other a little bit more in interviews and things like that. But they've kept it extremely private. And at first you think, like, what is this? Is it really meant to be? But I think it's true love. Um, I know Kyle looked into looking into this. So what's going on with these two? Ryan Gosling is a Scorpio. Eva is a Pisces. This is such a magical and sweet connection because they're both water signs and they align really well. 
They can intuitively connect and their emotions run deep. Looking at their timeline, we can see that when they connected, Jupiter, the planet of miracles, was in Ryan's house of marriage and partnership, and that is exactly what united them. So this is the perfect example of what I was talking about before, with, you know, you don't have to be, your perfect match may not necessarily be exactly across from you, but when the planets are activating that energy, when there's energy across the sky from you, that's when you may find it. So, like, when there's energy that's following for... Like I said, for all, like all of the Capricorns right now, there's an eclipse that's happening in their house of marriage. Well, they, a Capricorn may want to get married to anyone in any sign. It doesn't have to necessarily just be Cancer. So that kind of energy was aligning for them, specifically with Ryan and Eva. Uh, but except it was Ju Jupiter was the planet of, of miracles blessing there. In 2014, Jupiter was then in Eva's house of love and children, and that's when she got pregnant. Wow. So that was a really interesting thing that I saw there. As for Ryan and Rachel, though, they're both Scorpios, which is... Rachel intense. McAdams, yeah. Yeah, so. which is an intense and passionate pair. They have this magnetism between them that is tremendous, and the sexual energy between them was certainly fiery. However, Scorpio is a fixed sign, and they do not like to budge, and they often will get their way. If they fight, they will certainly be going to have a violent clash, because... Scorpio often like waits in the sand until it's approached and then stepped on and then it will strike so that you die. But more importantly, what about Ryan and Libra? Right? Yeah. Am I talking for us? I mean What do you think? It's not good, I don't think. There's no hope for us and Ryan? I don't Gotham? think so. Sadly, no. Well, I mean you, you guys okay. can any time. We can dream, time, right? Yeah, you yeah. can definitely dream. I mean he's definitely there was there was a period in time where I was like, Oh my god, you are my dream man. I don't really have one anymore. I don't now think. that I know he's a Scorpio, I'm not going to lie, it makes me a little less attracted to him. Good, <laughs> get out of my way. It's so funny because it's like, that doesn't, that's just, the only sign that does that for me is Sagittarius, where I'm like, if a guy like on Tinder or like I'll meet out or something, they're like, oh, I'm a Sag. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, with Scorpios, I'm like, I don't need that kind of energy. Yeah. It's just too much for me. Well, I'm glad to know that, you know. They really are a serious couple. I love them. And you're a big fan of Ryan, obviously. Yes. Yes. I'm a big fan of Eva, too. Um, I Have you ever seen Hitch? It's mm -hmm. one of my favorite. Oh, mm -hmm. my God. It's with um, Will Smith and her. And Will Smith basically plays a guy that <clears throat> helps people date. And when he, you know, guys that don't know how to date, and he, like, gives them tips and pointers and stuff, how to land girls and get laid. And then they fall in love, and it's really a sweet movie. You guys should watch it. We need a hitch, too, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, all right, well, that wraps it up for our pop culture segment of the day. But next, we're going to be going into Stan's sign oh, and geez. everything going on with him. Are you all ready? Right, hit me. Hit me with it. All right, all right, let's do it. All right, so Stan is a Libra sun with a Scorpio rising. Did you know that? Mm -mm. Okay, so for the rest of your life, you're going to read for both Scorpio and Libra because you're half and half. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, I, like, for instance, I'm Aries rising, and I'm a Taurus sun. So there's always the cross currents in my life that are happening that are either Aries energy or uh, Taurus energy. Well, they usually happen simultaneously. So, for instance, uh, in my sign, I'm going through a lot of eclipses that are in my career because of the Aries energy, but then it's also aligning it me, me with publicity and mainstream, like, like literally media, because that's how it's hitting Taurus, and so both of those are always happening to me right now, so, you know, that kind of, you know, cross-current would be happening, so for, we'll go into those eclipses for you later, but 
Interestingly, though, because you are a later degree Scorpio, like that's the where it happened. Uh, the sun was rising at your moment of birth. Jupiter is actually currently still in your house of identity because your first house has a lot of Sagittarius in it too. So basically, um, I'm trying to, how can I explain this more to you? So see a therapist is what you're saying. No, yeah. no, no, no. no. <laughs> um, so Jupiter is the planet of miracles and fortune and blessings, and it just kind of like opens doors for you in a certain area of your life once every 12 years. Okay, so right now it's in your identity. So ever since roughly about, I would say, October of last year until probably, I'm going to say until roughly about November of this year, this is basically the, the, the launching period for the next 12 years of your life. So you, you're going to be seeing really, really big things happening, and I don't know what they are to you, but they're very specific that are like, they could be big projects that you're launching, you could be starting a company, you could be moving, you could be finding, you know, taking a uh, step with a partner further, you could be meeting someone of significance if you don't have one right now, you could be wanting to have a baby, it's like all of these big shit that you want to make happen, it's just the whole world is open to you, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so all of that, so I, like I love that, because you're like having this little smirk, mm. yeah, you know, that, that energy is, so you're not crazy, that's all real, you know, it's, it's divinely blessed. So the thing that you have to do with it is that I always talk about it in astrology how there's like a predictive quality, but the thing about it that I want to use is that it's productive. So you know how to use certain energies at a certain time, so you're not wasting any of your focus, you know? Like, if there's a door open for you for love, I want to be like, Stan, go get that shit! You know? Or like, fall more deeply in love with who you're with. And, but if, but if it's like you're focusing on work, you're going to miss all of the love, and you're not going to have as much opportunity to bring it into your life. So since uh, Jupiter is here, it is blessing everything in your life, anything that you want. So if you like, if you have a vision board or you like have something that's so more work oriented, you're saying anything, anything, anything. This could like when Jupiter's in your sign, this is what the, this is that it's that crazy year where like you meet the love of your life or you get engaged or married or you fall in love again for the way that you like haven't in so long or you have a baby or get pregnant or buy a house. That's the last one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Buy a house. You like make more money than you have ever. You, you know, launch your career in a significant direction. But all of it happens at one time, like that kind of thing. So now that you know that, you have roughly until November until that window closes. That's scary. So is that the similar thing of what's going on with me because I'm a Libra as well, or is this more the Scorpio part of this it? This is the Scorpio part. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, because the thing is because. So he's a late, like, as I was saying before, you're a later degree. So there are 30 degrees in every single sign. You're, I think it was like 26 degrees or something of Scorpio. So your first house is roughly usually about 30 degrees. I mean, it gives or takes, you know, depending on, like, the, the exact system we're printing it up with. But that's why a lot of Sagittarius has, is in your first house. So Jupiter's in Sagittarius. And that's why that still energy is still in your first house. Is this making sense? Imagine a wheel. Mm -hmm. Is this making sense? Yeah. Okay. okay. Getting there. Keep going. Okay. Wheel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, so wheel. the wheel. So all of this energy is going to continue to happen for you. And you've been, it's right now Jupiter has been going backwards in your, in your house of identity, which means that you've been doing a lot of very significant, like, reassessing, thinking about different things that you want. Like, where do you want to go for the next 12 years of your life? Where do you, like... Who do you want to be with? Where do you want to be? 
who do you want to be around? What projects are important to you? What is going to be lasting to you? And that period has been since March where you've been really doing a lot of reassessing. That's going to, you're going to finally have it all kind of figured out by August 11th. And then, yeah, yeah literally, right by, by, by literally around August 11th, Jupiter's going to be moving forward again in your house of identity. So the whole world is going to be speeding up even faster again for you. But you only have from then until roughly about November. Because the thing is, you don't have to get it all right now. When you're, the, the, the key thing here is to, to lay action, to create the seed. It's not just thinking about it and making intentions. And that's another one thing that I'm kind of like, I, I, I am taking a different path than a lot of either like, you know, metaphysicists or, you know, energy workers or astrologers that, you know, yes, intention is important, but that's step one. That doesn't, that doesn't matter. If, you, if you're not jumping into the lake and, and, of that, and the lake is love, and lake's not gonna, or the, the love's not going to come to you, you know? Like, it, it, you have to create a ripple. You have to create action. It's the same thing as, like, if you're in love with someone and you don't tell them, they may not never know, you know? And, it, and it, so that's really, really crucial now. So at least just lay the foundation. Lay, the, like, the pieces because over oh, Yes. Over 12 <laughs> years now, then they're going to blossom. Okay? Mm-hmm. So that, that's crucial for you to know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, an, an important thing to note for you are that you are having eclipses take place in your career, though. And one is actually happening today on July 2nd. So what this means is that this is like a destined, you're going to have like destined news in your career. It's going to be so massively opening and beginning for you. And it's going to be just like, you know, these, these incredible moments where you're like, holy shit, like it finally happened. Or it's like, oh my God, this connection's happening. Another way that I, that I explain this is so when you are born, whether you, whether you believe in God or angels or spirits or nature, whatever it be, that energy put a tent pole in your life in these different areas, and you have to cross those thresholds in order to get to the next level in your evolution. So this, what's happening around now is destiny that was supposed to happen since you were born. And so, like, it's in your career, which is crazy. And then you're also going to be having eclipses that are taking place in your family or domestic sector, which could be, like, you're getting back, getting close to family, or your family's expanding in some way, or you're or you're moving and like updating your space, or like you know things of that nature. Like that's the domestic sector. Um, so going back to career though, just so we can have some spe- specific dates for you. You have three more eclipses that are going to be happening in the next year here, which is huge, massive, massive change for you. So in your career sector, this is all about fame, publicity. This is about making big movements, like through this, like, skyrocketing forward. So around... Can I get a the, billboard on Sunset? Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Happy 21st birthday. Yeah. <laughs> right? With new boobs. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. This is, that'd be, it would just be so epic. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So July 2nd around here. So this news is going to be, like, building and percolating. Tomorrow. Nope. Today. Today no. is... Well, no, this is going to... Oh, wait, no, you're right. On the 3rd. Damn it, so. you guys, we're pre-taping. All right, yeah. Sorry, we're yeah. pre-taping. Just two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's tomorrow's Tuesday. So I'll be celebrating by the time... Yeah, yeah it's apparently. Live. Yeah. Um, a lot of I am waiting on something big. If it happens on the 2nd... Well, it, the thing you're is... You're getting champagne. That, that <laughs> opens the door for it. So it will happen... 
or in the coming, ten, like, I would say roughly 10 days. But the thing about eclipses is that they're so powerful, they work like a pendulum. So you may have already, been, like, some people, like, a lesser degree are going to start noticing things happening, like, a month and a half before to a month and a half after. But, like, most people are having their most dramatic news in the eclipse now. So that's why breakups are happening, engagements are happening, people are getting signed to big projects, people are moving across country, people, you know, like all of this crazy shit. You know, babies are being born, all of this huge stuff, because that's the energy of the eclipse. Like, for instance, my good friend John, he got married, or he got engaged, a couple days before the eclipse, but the eclipse was hitting him in this energy. It didn't have to exactly happen right after. It's just that opening is here for him, and it exactly is aligned in his house of marriage. So there's that... The next time, and Sam, this works for you too because you're both Libras, January 10th is another eclipse in this sector, so there's going to be some big crowning moment at this point in time. Just like powerful, and you're just going to be like, hell yes, I'm a badass bitch, and <laughs> like really like feeling it, you know? And, you know, like for instance, like I have an eclipse that's happening in my career on the 16th, and it's, the sh it's like the show stuff and everything, mm -hmm. like... And it's just like, bam, I'm going to crown myself with this. But the world is crowning me. And that's the kind of stuff that the universe is going to be doing to you, specifically around, because the eclipse that is happening for me in this career sector is like you are on January 10th of next year. And then the last one is June 20th of next year. Next year. Yeah, so that's really, really crucial to know. Um, there's that. So you have a lot of big stuff that you're kind of waiting on right now, it seems. Is that the place that you're at? Uh, actually doing some big things, but there is one that we did go pitch that I'm waiting any minute on, so it would be pretty major. Okay, well, if I'm happens, expecting that champagne when you get yeah. the call, okay? You need to tell like us. Like, I need a okay. pack. Okay. You can oh, be like, hi, I'll come over right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And we, okay. and we have the hot cup and pool? Yeah. There you go. I'll already be there, so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. With wine or something. Yeah. Right, totally, totally. So yeah, you know, just the last thing I really want to take away, or that you take away from this, is to take chances down, to go really big, you know, make big moves, because the universe is really on your side, and it's not just in your career, it's in every area with two good luck in you, okay? Thank you. Yay! Thank you very much. All right, guys, we then are going to get into our Bang Mary Kill. I forgot to mention that at the beginning, so what we're doing, okay? Mm -hmm. So as we know, we are in cancer season now, officially. So have you ever played Bang Mary Kill before, Sam? No, but I, I know what it is. You know what it is. Okay. So I'm going to give us three cancers, and we're going to have to choose to bang, marry, or kill them. First one is Milo Ventimiglia, who, of course, well, this is us. Well, I worked with this my Gilmore Girls. I am, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot about that. He's, yeah. Who doesn't love him? I've interviewed him on the carpet before. He's such a sweet sweet guy. I really like him. I love cancer. Yes. Um, the second one is Benedict Cumberbatch. And our third is going to be Harrison Ford. Hmm. Hmm. I'm so not attracted to straight dudes. <laughs> Sorry. I take the dudes at least. At least. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Did my best. Every time I take the guys Kyle's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so when they well, we have a very different type of man, which is, I think, a yeah. good thing. Yeah, okay. Um, who would like to go first? Would you like to go first, Dan, as our guest? I was going to say marry Milo. Yes. Yes. But banging would be a lot of fun, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and who would you bang and kill between Harrison Ford and Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh, then I'd have to bang uh, Benedict. Okay. And I'd have to kill Harrison Ford. Sorry. Aww. Poor Calista Plockard, right? I know, seriously. Yeah. I should do it. Celeb WTF on them one week, actually. Yes, you should. Yeah. That is one we're going to need to do. Okay, so obviously um, I would marry Jack. I mean, Milo, you know. Um, I would marry him. I would I would bang Harrison Ford, but like when he was Indiana Jones. No. How about even before? Like, but even before, like, yeah. He just moved to LA. Yeah. And he was all sweaty and dirty and jeans mm-hmm. and boots. Yes. That's giving an image, yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. you pull up some old pictures of him. I, I mean, know. He was fucking hot. He, he was. was. Hot. Yeah, yeah. He was, and even when he was in What Lies Beneath, he was kind yes. of a fox, which yeah. is one of my favorite scary movies. Um, and then you yeah, like that movie? I love that movie. I thought it was awful. What Lies Beneath? Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford? I thought it was terrible. Oh my god, it's, I've seen it ten times. Oh my god. She's beautiful. I love it. I love she, oh, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I just want to have dinner with her. She, yeah, I can't wait to meet her. Yeah. She's one of the people, though, too, I'm afraid to meet her because I don't want to be disappointed. You know, in room. She's a Taurus. She's a goddess. Okay. She's a goddess. All right, She's good. a straight-up goddess. And yeah. so then, um, I bet Lady Benedict Cumberbatch, I'd have to kill him. He just kind of gives me bad vibes, and I'm not so attracted tall, to him. He? He's tall. Isn't he like, you know, eight feet three or something? Yeah, he's pretty tall. Doctor mm-hmm. Strange. Um, so yeah, what about you, Kyle? Alrighty. Well, I am going to marry. Is it Milo? Milo? Is it, yeah, Milo. people saying it's Milo. Yeah. It's Milo. Yeah, I'm gonna marry Milo. And I think I am going to bang Harrison Ford oh. just to say I banged Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because, I mean, he's just so iconic, you know? And I'm just, I'll just really close my eyes and just imagine that he's still in Star Wars. Okay. And be like, just bragging rights, guys, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. And then, because then I have, like, a little piece of, like, the... the the franchise inside of me. You. <laughs> there we go. That's really specific. <laughs> Sorry, there's a lot. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. Happy Monday. <laughs> uh, and then Benedict. Enjoy your meal. <laughs> and then uh, Benedict, you can go. Yeah. You can go sorry. Away. sorry, Benedict. Well, <laughs> thank you guys so, so much for joining us this week. And thank you, Stan, oh, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Of course, this was a blast. Um, where can everyone keep up with you in the meantime? Uh, social media everywhere, Zimmerman Stan, just so I can be a little different. Um, but follow me. I'm doing a lot of plays and theater in L.A. and going to D.C. area, actually, July 6th to do a very important piece about suicide. So I do a lot of other things besides comedy. And also, if I can quickly say, I'm also bringing back my Diary of Anne Frank, starring a Latinx cast because I want to make the connection with what's happening at the border. So that will be um, in L.A. at the end of October. Wow, how cool. Well, I want to come see one of your plays yeah. for sure. Uh, Just let us know, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, we'd love oh, to come. And we'll do, like, shout-outs and shout Shout-out. Shout yes. Uh, you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram, and make sure to follow us on Instagram at Radio. And I am Kyle Thomas, and you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Kyle Thomas, and I am also on Facebook as well. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a wonderful week. See you next week, guys. 
Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only e-news of astrology. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.